Hello party people. Welcome to Haunted Picture Palace. My name's Amelia, this is Ben. Hello. And today we're going to talk to you about the 1984 absolute banger, Nightmare on Elm Street. We are indeed. Are you excited? We are. We are. Mm. <laughs> I didn't realize you were talking to the, the listener at home there. Are you excited? I am excited. Good, I don't feel like I've just spoken for you out of turn. Then. No, no. It's always good to... It's a Wes Craven classic. It's it always is. good to cut you off. It's a Wes Craven classic. Uh, introducing Baby Johnny Depp. What, what, what? Yeah, one of his first film roles. Although you say baby, I don't think he... I mean, he He's is 19 in, his... in it. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, he's not. he looks 35, but he's only 19. I did work <laughs> it out. Also, bringing in one of our monster heroes, actually, but from the modern monster era indeed yeah. I, I believe we spoke about it on the mini episode did we not i think so yes last week's uh, things that frightened you when you were a yes. child yes this i oh maybe we didn't bring it to the actual show because we talked about it at length i i cannot remember the monsters thing well basically when you think of classic horror monsters you frequently think of frankenstein dracula um the, the hammer Man. boys sure. yes um wolfman Phantom of the Opera even makes yeah, it in there sometimes, yeah. but there creature from the one of that. Yeah. creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, have I missed anyone? Uh, the mummy. You, mummy. Did you mention the mummy? Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's it, really, isn't it? That's, that's your top it, That's ones. your pantheon. Yes, but then you have this sort of this weird pop cultural baddies list that that is mainly, I would say, seventies, eighties, nineties. Yeah. It sort of stops there. We were having a discussion off air. Recently, about whether or not the Babadook counts as a creature. I am in the camp of no. Ben is in the camp of yeah. I think there's a case for it. But Freddy sort of weirdly straddles a couple of definitely genres here. Because well, yeah, he's a little bit supernatural. He's a little bit actually a person. He's a person that in the film existed, um, but he has supernatural abilities and powers. Or does he? You know, yeah. all of this stuff. It's an interesting twist on it, and it's a far cry from somebody like a Jason or yeah. um, Michael, Myers. Michael Myers, absolutely, or any of the other kind of baddies. Can you think of any other modern bads? The ghost face from Scream, I guess, which is another Wes Craven. Yes, I would put in there Pyramid Head as a modern... Pyramid Head? Mm, it's a video game one, but it's oh. definitely up there. And Resident Evil films... Right, of course. Existed. Yeah. But I feel like he's also a horror trope that gets wheeled out at every yeah. opportunity. There was a female one we were discussing. Who was it the other day? Yes, we were discussing as well that perhaps there aren't as many, or there certainly aren't as many female ones. They tend to be wives and mothers and daughters of famouses. You know, Bride yeah. of Frankenstein. Yeah. I don't know, Auntie of Chucky. <laughs> Dracula's daughter. Dracula's daughter, yes. The, um, uh, there's the Hammer one... Countess Dracula. Yes. Which, which her character is not related to that of Dracula, but, you know, and is, I was, is very clearly like, oh, it's Dracula, but she's Ingrid Pitt. Anyway. Yes. I was speaking about potentially things like Carrie, although she's not very monstrous, um, but then I suppose neither technically is the Scream guy. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, f I actually think that we borrow them from the other countries. So I think Samara oh, from yes. The Ring is probably one that would suit it more so than a carry. Yeah. Um, yeah. She has the supernatural edge. She's easy to dress up as at Halloween <laughs> and she's sustained, you know, she's yeah. consistently been a 
figure of horror. Anyway, Freddy is one of our original and best, in fact, in my opinion. He has a lot of very easily memeable and recognisable costume points. He is a franchise these days. Oh, like, yeah. There's a full... A full family of Freddy's <laughs> and Freddy films available for you, but the original is the best from 1984. And fight me. <laughs> oh, actually, did you did you have anything on Wes Craven himself? Well, I look on sort of three phases in his career: mm-hmm. a pro- prolific and very almost legendary I suppose now horror director who made a lot of films not all of them are as good as this but he started off late 60s early 70s and Last House on the Left which was mm. quite groundbreaking at the time for just how nasty and unpleasant and did you say early 70s yeah I think Last House on the Left is like 1972 okay or thereabouts mm-hmm. and then so yeah roughly a decade later mm-hmm. 12 years later you know 19... 19- 84 is is this where it reinvents something of the the slasher genre if you'd like mm. which is started in the late 70s and then about another 12 years after this i think scream is about 1996 yep so it's unusual in that sort of a general 12 years isn't quite a generation but 24 certainly is if you go from last house on the left to scream mm. sort of reinventing a genre Twice, at least. You know. Yes. In between those, he made a lot, a lot, a lot of films. As I say, a lot of which are rubbish. <laughs> True, but I mean, genuinely, looking down the list, The Hills Have Eyes has lasted the test of time. Not in a good way, but it's still around. <laughs> sure. Um, probably not The Hills Have Eyes Part 2. I know Swamp Thing has a big oh, yeah, cult following. Well? Yeah. yeah. We have a lot more, obviously, that I'm more familiar with in the 90s. Vampire in Brooklyn, Scream 1, 2, 3, and 4. He had parts in. Possibly 3, I think he bowed out. But we have all sorts going on. And then Red Eye. Do you remember Red Eye? I don't remember Red Eye. Um, That man with the wonderful chin, uh, Cillian Murphy. Oh, yeah. Being young and beautiful and dangerous. And My Soul to Take, which I haven't seen, but I've heard good things about. He also, and I didn't know this had a segment of the film Paris Tame. Are you a oh, fan? I haven't seen it. Studio Delphi, is it? It's a lot of directors. I used to love it. They just did the thing where they patched it all together. Right. I just want to see which one was Wes Craven, because it was all a little bit pap for Wes, <laughs> you know? Fair enough. Oh, fair enough. He was actually my second favourite one. Yeah. <laughs> With that beautiful man in it. Oh, what's your name? With Rufus Sewell in it, right. in case anyone's interested or seen it from 2006. The right. end. So we open on an interesting title sequence, and I won't spend too long on it because it's quite quick. But I was quite fascinated to, or quite curious to know why they did that. The letterbox exposition over the opening credits was really strange. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It's, it works. Yeah, but... It did make me wonder if there was something wrong with the DVD because we had it set on a weird aspect ratio, oh, right. which okay. is going to be tiny. But then the credits come in and, and it's all right. But this is presumably a flesh and blood Freddy, is it? Do we I think, think so. Yeah. I think it's a flashback moment. But then none yeah. of the other flashbacks are in Netterbox, so I don't no. think it's that particularly. If I had to guess, I would say that's the only one that's Freddy's memory. Right. The others are either the mum's memory or the village's memory, you know, the town's memory of him. 
there's a a little credit that says introducing Johnny Depp, which was weird. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, John Saxon is top billed in this film, which is always always strikes me as weird. So he's the cop oh. <laughs> daddy. Yeah, cop and daddy. Cop wow. Daddy, oh dear. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk about it more when he appears, but it's. Robert yeah. England is quite far down the cast list as credited as Fred Krueger as well. Well, he's not new, but he wasn't famous no. at this point. And he was quite, he was not old, but he was older and not not known, put it that way. He doesn't have a lot of screen time and he's brilliant in it. Actually. Yeah, exactly. He steals the show, literally. There's a little lamb to the slaughter visual. Ugh, boring. Yes. But um, there's a lot of semi-see-through nightwear action that I feel like is very important, and we'll come back to that a little bit later. If this was made now, she would be wearing short shorts and probably, like... There's there's a large proportion of humanity that believe that women sleep in a sleeping bra <laughs> uh, because of Hollywood films, and it's it's... Those two together would be what she was wearing now. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, not not this sort of Hollywood film. I mean, <laughs> no, this one has her braless, pantless, and semi-nude every time she goes near a light. Yep. But that's because we're in the happy eighties. Yeah, nineteen eighty odd. Yep. Uh, if it was made now, her character wouldn't be supposed to be fifteen either. Is she? When she's murdered, they say on the she's news, supposed to be fifteen. On the news report, when she's murdered, says <laughs> local fifteen-year-old. That's a tough paper round, isn't it? It is, but also it's like, oh, you know, it, that's the first time her age is mentioned as well. You know, in the news report, yeah. Spoilers: she's not going to last the film. So she had you, a lot of sex. I mean, yeah. I'm not judging, but, but, if, but... You, if you had bad thoughts about that when you were, it was supposed to be a fifteen-year-old, so you feel bad about it. Yes, that. but she was twenty-one, so yeah, don't, yeah. don't feel guilty. <laughs> she was actually. <laughs> so let's let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the mum comes in. <laughs> So this turns out, spoilers, it's a dream. It's only a dream, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it is weird that she's wandering around some kind of gasworks or something. It is. And one of the only things that made me actually laugh out loud in the TV show community was Uh that at one point they featured a specific, specifically a room of steamy pipes. Right. Because so many of these films have them. Yeah. So they went into a room and everything was just a steaming pipe. There was no purpose to any of them. Right. They just happened to steam. 80s American Princess Diana checks in. That's yes. the mum. Yeah. We've got creepy kids skipping and singing. Like, we're going for every single trope. Like, boom, 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 when we open. Yeah. But I'll put it to you this way. The first f- 15 minutes of this film... Mm-hmm. Could be E.T. Or oh. similar. Right. It's got the real vibe of those like homegrown, very early Spielbergs about it. Yeah. And yeah. I wonder, partly it's set in suburbia, it's got all the, it ticks all the boxes, we've got like kids that aren't believed, we've got some horror figure or some scary figure that's um, traumatising them, and we're living life without the parents, but there is another element to it of this kind of weird, it's like being in a f- nostalgia film about the 80s, but while you're there. Yeah, well, yeah, I've said 80s teenagers and actual 80s teenagers, not pastiche. Like, it's such a a recognised mm-hmm. milieu and so many, I mean, you know, Stranger Things, I suppose, is a few years ago now, but it's the most recent sort of big and popular thing I can think of that uses that. What is Stranger Things? Yeah. Yeah. Uses that sort of setting and, definitely, you know, monsters, but then watching it and remembering like, oh, no, this isn't done afterwards. This is, well, Glow this as is well. This is 1984. Glow is very much set then right. and based then. and But then it's also within living memory, a lot oh, of yeah. this. So you've got people that can be like, no, this is how it is. Or 
this is what we're going to make people buy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've put, wow, these 25-year-old teenagers have real bants. Um, there was a lot of calling each other strange things. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the particular word, but it was. it's a bit like hearing someone get called a dweeb and taking it seriously. Like It's, right. it's in that bracket, but with a bit more swears because we're in... Yeah. Uh, 18 certificate we territory. are indeed i mean well well deserved yeah we didn't do a content warning on this actually but do you want to um, do one now well it's it's really frightening <laughs> for you for me but it it is it is graphic it is nasty it is i think it's a deeply unpleasant and frightening idea behind the thing mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of blood a lot a lot of blood lots of blood um, never explicitly mentioned, but certainly implied paedophilia and sexual assault. And a lot of violence, we'll put it that way. So yeah. again, there's also like um, perceived suicide. There's all sorts going on. It, it's not for the faint-hearted. Because there are things, I know you said that you see it as a, as a dark comedy. Yeah, definitely. Which I, I can see, but I don't think it's like, a, it's not It's not played for laughs particularly. I think it's quite, it can be quite nasty. In, in you places. can absolutely view it both ways. It can totally be viewed either way because I this time watched it with the view of let's take this seriously rather than my usual la 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 let's be completely desensitised I was born in the 80s, right? But I think both ways really work. You can have it for a film as enjoyment and you can have it as a film of like this is really disturbing, why are we watching this? Now I have to go and burn my retina. (laughs) And I put, oh, baby Johnny. Um, 80s beauty standards are really interesting. Uh, lots of eyebrows, teeth, athletic legs. Nobody taking care of their hair. Not one person. <laughs> Possibly the Italian boy. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, Rod? Yes. But nobody else. Strong Italian name, Rod. Yeah. <laughs> but we get this kind of mini setup of like we have Nancy. As our kind of... We're told Tina's the protagonist because we open with her. Yeah. She's blonde. She's tall. She's hot. She's 15. Yes. Yeah. And we're meeting this kind of brown mousy creature that we've been told by 80s film tropes to ignore. Sure. Um, <laughs> but she's pretty, you know, she's she's 80s pretty and she has a hot boy and that automatically makes her hotter. You know, like yeah. there's there's things in there that exist to give us these visual clues and they they kind of hang out in this little group of four it's reasonably amicable the teenagers are doing like teenage sexual tension which is shout at each other until you bang and it's quite nice it works like they're a believable friendship group just about although they also look like the teachers you know it's (laughs) it's fine yeah but then because tina's had this terrible nightmare that she tells them about and a couple of them have also had a similar nightmare finger knives come up yeah and they're like, oh, that's impossible. You know, they're, they're talking about the idea of shared dreams. Now, what's really interesting is that there are a lot of accounts of specifically kids aged between 14 and 16. And there's a lot of accounts younger as well, but mostly in that bracket, in the similar bracket that you'd find idiots playing with a Ouija board or light bulbs blowing in your house. There's this idea that stems from a long time ago of a kind of kinetic energy when teenagers get together. Sure, it's the it's the carry idea, right, as well. It's the carry idea, but the, from the dream perspective, there's this mass hysteria thing that can take place. They know it in young children, mm-hmm. but there are cases of it in adolescents where 
they can't identify how everybody had a vision in the village. You know, right. that kind of strange... It's not even a vision, but it will be like they all... There's one where they all got a mysterious illness. Do you know about this? No. And it's never been resolved, really. It's one of the unsolved mystery things. We might find it on, um, believe it or not, oh, fact yes. or fiction. <laughs> but um, they all... This entire school... Well, not even school. This entire town, all of the kids of that age group got like <laughs> they all began trying to harm themselves in some way right it was almost like lemmings right so it was uh-huh. just like any opportunity to run into things and they had the, some of them had the sensation of burning some of the, but it was only in the age group right it was not a single adult it wasn't it was way, way before phones they didn't have a, a little whatsapp chat WhatsApp, on the group saying say this yeah yeah nothing like that but really interesting and from different schools as well that's why it was weird because it was the same town right spread across the and town. it just spread yeah. and it was like lots of injuries in the hospitals of kids just like hitting their own heads nobody knew what happened wow why does american snacking look so vastly superior to british american snacking every single film set in this time and after until about 2004 when they switched to celery as if a teenager would touch it it just they look so incredible they pour a big bowl of like proper potato chips they all look huge they usually have like marshmallows that are the size of my hands yeah or some weird like i don't obviously all american food is is completely different to us because they're allowed different (laughs) <laughs> yeah, additives and different preservatives that, you can put in American food that, you that are legal here to, to humans here yeah exactly. yes so I assume that a lot of it is like grown rather than yeah <laughs> grown <laughs> you know yes and yeah they're, they're home alone aren't they they're round they are. Tina's gaff to protect her from her own nightmare basically yeah. we're, we're there because she was frightened we're there to support her and Nancy makes this very clear when young Johnny Depp tries to cop a feel yeah. She's like, nah, we're supporting our pal through this really difficult time. The telephone call with the cassette, with the noises on of the airport, etc., etc., yeah. really reminded me of Ferris Bueller's Day Off as well. Yeah. Um, but this is what I'm talking about yeah, with yeah. the, like, E.T. type, oh, it's just a jolly caper. Sure, and, like, and the dream the dream is unpleasant, you know, and, and, and frightening. But like, yeah. there's no indication at the moment that, that, it is, that it is otherwise, you know, than a bad dream. Which is one of why I think this is so effective and frightening is because you have bad dreams and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And it it's it's quite nicely done that it escalates. So I say it, well, at this point, she's had a bad dream. We're all around to 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 help her out, and uh, and then yeah, there's a noise outside. Everyone's frightened, and then young Rod sort of oozes into the film. I really like um, Morality Sucks from <laughs> Johnny Depp. Oh yes, listening to um, Tina and Rod going at it. In a minute they do, yeah. But basically, it's the old trope, isn't it? Of like, I thought I heard something from every teen American horror ever. Yeah. They go out to investigate and it turns out to be the pal who for some reason sounds exactly... Like the man with knives for hands. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, I wanted to say about Rod yeah. that two films from our childhood, certainly from mine, you probably wouldn't have watched them, they were too silly, but from my childhood, Scary Movie and Scream If You Know What I Did Last Friday the 13th. <laughs> You're right, they, I didn't watch them. No. 
Scary Movie has a character called Greg, <laughs> Greg Philippe. Right. And Greg Philippe is Greg Cox from the Scream series and Ryan Philippe, right? Right. In sure. one person and is just intensely violent. So through like they're all doing everything and he's just like shouting, he's calling everyone names, he's like pushing the lead female but like too hard. And he's essentially like a kind of really like he's playing it like a kind of coked up wrestler. But that's to indicate that there's always this overly aggressive and angry alpha male character in every single film and i can't unsee it there's just all these scenes from those films where he's just absolutely beating the cack out of somebody that we're meant to be talking to and hearing from but yeah. he's like punching them and the same with they did something really similar with scream if you know what i did last friday the 13th right. where they just took like took it to the extreme but i actually hadn't seen it quite that blatantly as i did with rod where he's just unnecessarily grotesque yeah well he's he's worse than john travolta and carrie <laughs> yeah you know yeah. he's worse there's no reason there's no reason at all normally we find out that he's got a horrible dad in the trope yeah you yeah. know yeah. and that he's acting it all out but not here no he's just pretty yeah I mean, he is, isn't he? he yeah. Does, there is, there is. He's got wonderful eyelashes. There's a, there's a sort of brute magnetism to him. Yeah. Anyway, they have wonderful, loud, horrendous, fake sex <laughs> upstairs. Um, morality sucks from Johnny Depp being like, oh. Strange Italian stereotype boy as a marvel. <laughs> it's interesting that a crucifix falls off the wall. While yeah. we watch Nancy sleep. Nancy sleeps looking very much like a child. Nancy's the only member of the cast that could actually be 15. 15, 16, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's 20 at the time of filming, of course. Because <laughs> she's not, not old, you know. I mean, no, but not the difference between style here, talking about John Travolta again. True. But, but the difference between 15 and 20 oh, yeah, in yeah, development looked... is quite wild. So she it's interesting 15, that she looks so much like her age. Mm-hmm. I will say in clothes, we'll put it that way. It's not the body of a 15-year-old in the water. No. But the crucifix falls off the wall because Freddy's doing some of that cool stuff that we saw from The Haunting and from other things. Big old latex wall. This is a brilliant effect. It's amazingly like, lit. It's very simple, as you say. Yeah. Like the, the secret is that the wall's made of like, yeah, latex. Yeah. And then somebody is pushing through it. Beautifully behind. lighting it as well. And yeah, but it's 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 really creepy. It's really well done. And yeah, the crucifix is an interesting thing because it is a suggestion that the thing coming through the, what we find out is Freddy, presumably. Yeah. Much like we've seen with the Exorcist, and there's a fairly sort of common trope in these things. So yeah. The idea that like the question is, can Christ, can Christianity, can God do anything against this threat? And it's something that is tossed in a couple of times, not really developed, but it's an interesting thought. I had some other thoughts about this. So on on the one hand, I was confused by the appearance of the crucifix because it's not really a it's not really a film about religion or no. with religious aspects. There's a morality sense to it, possibly, but actually not really. And I will fight you on it. We'll mm-hmm. have a go. But there is, and I realised after the fact, a little moment where somebody mentions that he they find the child 
with a crucifix. They find the child. Which child? One of his victims. Uh-huh. One oh, of Freddy's victims right. is found with the crucifix. And I wonder if it was a weapon that he was using. Freddy. And that it's actually, yes, that we're doing an exorcist-style horrendous moment. Well, you're, you're fixed on the idea of Freddy being a child molester. I'm not actually fixed on it. I'm intrigued as to why I assume it, but it's never actually said. I looked, because we had this conversation when yeah. we were watching it, I looked into it, and what I was able to read suggested that he was in script and drafts a child molester. Ah, but that there was a high-profile string of child molestation cases in California Awkward. when they were making the film, okay. and they didn't want to be seen to be, like, sort of capitalising on this horrific real-life crime. Oh, that's interesting. So they made him into just a child murderer instead, which is fine. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that yeah. they had some sort of scruple and moral about that, given how many times that other production companies just see a terrible thing happening and monetize it? Sure, and given that Wes Craven made his name on Last Test and Left, yeah. he didn't give a damn about anything, anything. to do with good taste or, <laughs> no. you know, the stand- morality or moral fibre or anything Maybe of that Maybe it was nature. that producer he didn't like the look could of. Could be, yeah. The money had to come from mm-hmm. somewhere, and it could be that the suits were... Nervous about it. I don't well, know. I don't. I just. I feel like there's enough of. There's enough. There are enough hints in there. I definitely. I as in well, I'll talk about them briefly, I suppose. But like um, semi see through nightgowns on a fifteen year old. Sure. Lots of him put using his body weight to manipulate d- these children. Yeah. Um, the the bat the hand in the bath is very suggestive. It is very suggestive. There's all sorts of bits and pieces, but I would say that child killer is one thing, mm-hmm. but sexual predator in that way, preying on children, mm-hmm. would be the thing that made a community kill him. Well, yes, I see that. Although, you know, again, child killer killing, not killing great. them horribly is child still... Child killer not yeah, great, but yeah. the, the act... Because you could, you could perceivably get justice for that it would be highly mm-hmm. unlikely that a, well, they say, a judge they do say that yeah. but it would be highly unlikely IRL that a judge would be like nah he's fine right. and just release <laughs> him back to the community you know um, if he had a string of child murders with seven of them or something like yeah. lots of children but it is perceivable that there wasn't, wouldn't be enough proof mm-hmm. to put a sexual predator away sure. and then he gets released so it Especially sort of feels like there's gaps that's you know? what I mean yeah, yeah. But anyway, that was just about the crucifix, and we're getting off track. Again. Sorry, yes, I know there's much to, um, much to say. The um, old latex, hang on, the old latex wall, beautifully lit. Tina, mate, at least put shoes on. You know you're going back into a nightmare situation where you're in there wearing what you were wearing when you were awake. <laughs> wear shoes. Well, you don't wear shoes when you go to sleep, do you? She's not going to sleep for funsy. She's going to sleep thinking she's going to have to face a horrible demon, man. You'd wear shoes. <laughs> You know, surely you'd learn. I don't know if I would. I would. Fair enough. But then I've seen this film. Yeah. <laughs> she hasn't. But I think it's really... My note here is that it makes does a really good job of making it look like a, a nightmare. Like yes. it, It's always very clear when we're in dream world again. And not just because there's a guy with hook hands... Sorry, knife hands. Mm. You know, scraping them along and... and leering at you under his hat. <laughs> like, something about the way that it's filmed, the way it's shot. Yeah. I don't. I haven't quite. Couldn't quite get put my finger on what was going on, but it was like I was. You, you just instantly like, oh, we're in her dream now. Yes, that's true. Um, 
Stretch Armstrong didn't age well, did he? <laughs> Poor guy. Um, you can see Robert England is having the most fun here. He's having the time of his oh, yeah. life. Like, it's a good role. It's really... What do they say they were fishing, Lars? Fishing, um... fishing. Yeah, it's just it's two big puppet arms on on fishing yeah. rods, basically. Yeah. Yeah, to make them stretchy, stretch, and he's grinning away as you say, having a lot of fun. So, she's experiencing this and sort of running. And I like the run that they all do in this film. It is a nightmare run, right? So you're never really running quite fast enough away from the threat at any point. In fact, you can see how athletic that actor is, and she's just very muscular you know she's mm-hmm. clearly very fit but she's doing this kind of weird i've just got across the road in front of a bus jog sort of yeah you know yeah it is yeah yeah trying to make it across before the lights change it's not really like she's being highly threatened or murdered but then we flip to being outside of her body and experiencing her as an awake person looking at her ex- having this nightmare yeah we come out of the dream that yeah. she's still stuck in and she's she hasn't had a deep and meaningful prior to this with Rod, but she has made him do the kind of very fragile young boy thing of boys have dreams too, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, postcoitly as well. So you yeah, know. yeah. Um, so yeah, and he's not very tender with her, but he is kind. You know, they're they're quite sweet to each other in a weird way. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, he's got something out of his system with with that, and uh, they're oh. both. But and, and you know, well, he can't be. Yeah, he's not being as aggressive. And, yeah. But also, like they've they were they've both had a good time, you know, together. Yeah. Like, yeah. it sounds like they were having fun anyway. Yeah, he's freaking out, obviously, and he's watched something cut her belly. Yeah. And cut her nightgown, and she's bleeding profusely. Oh yes. <laughs> and then this wild, almost like real life possession moment appears. You know. Yeah. Where. We have what was it? The the room is on an axle. Yes, the set rotates. Yeah. Yes, and having read a little bit about that in interviews, like her terror is what did she say? Seventy five percent real. Yeah. Um, she had the actress. What's her name? Amanda Wiss or Amanda Weiss, depending on your outlook. She had suffered terribly from vertigo and had to be sort of stood with and informed where the floor was and where the where the ceiling was when they'd finished spinning. And it was very trippy. It just felt like everything was falling on top of her and she was also going to fall and hurt herself at any given moment. I believe the cameraman is stationary in that. He'd That's be, true, isn't it? He'd have to be strapped. Yes. Yeah, because the, the, camera, the camera and everything will be strapped to the floor. Yes. But then when that rotates... He's in the room, so presumably he's upside down while this is happening. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah interesting. Um, and it's really effective and really horrible. It feels like, yeah, it looks like a possession account. You know, it's, it's she's a great bleeding shot. everywhere. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's horrible. Uh, there's, yeah, there's so much blood. They had to do it in one take because there's so much blood, and you can't wipe. You can't wash the white walls, yeah. Yeah, which is just unbelievable nice to get that much horror in a in a one take. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it and it comes quite suddenly if that makes sense you know they really ramp it up from like having bad dreams and then suddenly like it's the it's like the idea the popular playground idea that if you die in a dream yes you die in real life yeah right terrifying you know maybe it's just me so because she's (laughs) screaming uh screaming her guts up literally and he's screaming too paul rod is just in the corner of the room with some nice forced perspective 
just it's really well done yeah it's lovely just trying to reach out to her but obviously having no idea what's going he keeps saying what's going on what's happening yeah well he thinks he's having a bad dream as she is she is of course people have bad dreams and it's frightening but they're not in any like physical peril but then when she starts bleeding everywhere and rolling around on the ceiling he just doesn't know what of course he doesn't know what to do yeah what i love is the difference in response between johnny depp and nancy Mm -hmm. nancy's too measured she's like her literally her best friend is dead on the floor like that wouldn't Mm -hmm. be anybody's response to that but johnny depp's is really lovely it's really natural he like i wonder if they didn't show him Right. The scene yeah. until he had to walk into it because he just kind of clings to the wall. <laughs> he kind of walks in, does like a whoa, and then clings to the wall like, oh god, this is, <laughs> you know, this isn't what I wanted to walk into when I wasn't getting laid tonight. Yeah, and I've put. I want to make this theme like a lo-fi jam. Remix it into something really kind of. Oh, somebody yeah. might have got there before you. you Almost know. certainly, very, I haven't looked it up yet, but it very feels aesthetic. very. Yeah. <laughs> But lol, Nancy wasn't there for the beginning of that sentence. Which sentence? The sentence that your boy starts, your police boy. Oh yes, John Saxon. John Saxon starts a sentence and finishes it. And by the time he gets to her, he's like, like my daughter here. Yeah. And she's like, hi. Hi, daddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's not addressed to her. She has no idea of the content. I don't know. It just no, It's yeah, very exactly. 80s. Yes. It felt very 80s. John Saxon there, say, top build in this. And I think either top build or very close to top build in Enter the Dragon. He's the lead in Enter the Dragon who isn't Bruce Lee and has 197 credits on IMDb. Wow. Died last year at the age of 83. A low-budget exploitation film stalwart, really. He's uh, He's in... He's in this, I say he's in that. He's in Black Christmas. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> wow. He's in Wes Craven's New Nightmare. So he went with Craven a few oh, yeah. times. And uh, would would just turn up in anything and give a reasonable performance. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is, is not nothing, you know? Did we watch Battle Beyond the Stars together? I think we may have done. Yeah, he's in that as well. Plays mm. the baddie in that. Mm-hmm. So Roger Corman, again, made for no money. And yeah, just a, just a working... A jobbing actor. Nice. So he's an angry cop not listening to anybody. Uh, he uses the phrase shacking up, which makes me feel sick, but is also underrated. I feel like <laughs> I can bring that back. Shacking up with someone. They were yeah. shacking up. He does call his ex-wife, I assume, Marge. Yes. Yeah. Great name, Marge. She's <laughs> not really a Marge, but whatever. He basically says, that guy clearly killed her. Yes, because Rod has made himself scarce. Rod <laughs> disappeared so, uh, out of a window like an like, idiot. A lot, a lot of blood and a very dead girl on yes. the bed. Um, so yes, uh, the copper. Uh, I can't blame him for this. Reaches the obvious conclusion that her like violent, sleazy boyfriend, <laughs> yeah, who, with whom she quarrelled earlier, yeah, murdered her and then scarpered. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um. So he's not too thrilled about his daughter hanging out with him. Nope. And uh, then we see, (laughs) then we have Mum. Now, Mum is fresh from a Colour Me Beautiful book. Have you ever seen one of them? I haven't. What is? I grew up with them uh, in the house um, because my mum had a friend that worked at Avon. Right. And Colour Me Beautiful is essentially your guide to the makeup palette that works for you. 
Okay. The tone of your skin and what that means you're allowed to wear. Right. Mm. Okay. To really bring out your... And she's wearing literally everything from the book. <laughs> everything. Just like, in case she's like one, one of, of those the... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, no, no. The, 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 the palette of her face. Right. You're meant to be a spring, spring, summer, autumn or winter. And she's just decided she's the whole year. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, Four seasons in one day, darling. Absolutely. Uh, so there's her. Mm-hmm. She's mad. Uh, she's completely mad throughout the film. She gets progressively worse. She looks like the spoiled daughter of a kind of banker in Murder She Wrote. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing, she's moving at dynasty speed. Yeah. All I the could, way through. I could see her as like a down on her look country singer who had been yeah. successful and now was sort of trapped in a strange miasma of drink and drugs. Absolutely. Um, strange uh, sort of. Um, she still does the pageant, but she's 35. Yeah. You know, and you're like, well, you're right. You're right, mum. And her. Yes. <laughs> uh, she's, she basically says something along the lines of, you can't be having dreams like that no more. Yeah. To her daughter. So that fixed that. Film yes, over. Exactly. Bye, everyone. I wish I'd thought of that. Mom. That's Thanks. really good, mummy. Really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, the score here is actually really nice. Like I've mentioned it briefly there that I wanted to remix it, and then Ben pooed on my dreams and said it oh, had already happened. I mean, I may be wrong, but it's kind of how have I described it? Like echoey, synthy honky tonk every time he yeah. comes in that makes it feel like he's a cowboy. Yeah, well, there's definitely He's like the a hat. there's a yeah there's a there's a kind of gunslinger air to him as well, in that like he never hurries. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, he's just like swaggering into town. Yeah, that's quite yeah, nice. He does have a swagger to him when he walks, does he? Yeah. 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 Yeah, until he starts doing a kind of lopey, terrifying run. Yeah, but he doesn't. But most of the time, he's just, he just yeah moseying on down. Yeah. Uh, she. What's her name? Nancy wakes up being like, yo, weird dreams, you yeah. know, not not feeling great. Um, goes for a little wonder, bumps into Rod, who's sort well, of... You say bumps into Rod. It's pulled into a oh, hedge sorry. by Rod. <laughs> being told, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm definitely not going to hurt you. Yeah. And he's... As far as she knows, I mean, you know, he's just already murdered her best pal. Why not complete the <laughs> He's not wearing shoes because he just kind of legged it out of the house. Um, yeah. She decides to go to... She has decided... No, this is her having decided to go to school anyway. Yeah. Um, and it, I really... It's a nice little character point, actually, that her mother's like, what are you doing going to school? And she's like, I have to go to school or I'll just sit in my room yeah. going crazy. And you need to distract yourself with something, which is... I, I completely get. Yeah, I know you do, too. Uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> but yes, turns out... You used me, Daddy. Blokey... What's his name? John? Yeah, I can't remember his character's name. No, but what's his name? Daddy. John Saxon. John Saxon... Pulls a gun on Boyo. Yep. Sort of just trapped her. And then says, what were you doing going to school anyway? Yeah. You rube. You fool. (laughs) Could have had a day off. Yeah. Loser. Loser. She gets to school. Mm Mm-hmm. Has a little dozy-dozy in a lesson. She does say that, you know, my mother hasn't slept. She's like, I'll sleep in study hall. Fine. Perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. I will say... It's the weirdest lesson on Shakespeare I've ever heard. <laughs> it's very... I see it in a lot of American films. Yeah. They're very, very fond of it, this idea. And I, it's not like a lesson I've ever, ever had. But I don't know if it happens in America or whether it only happens in, like, 
clueless. I mean, I don't know about that. This one's a particularly spectacular one because this one feels like GCSE drama level one, whereas the clueless one is kind of for exposition and it makes sense in the context and we're learning about how she's a racist but she's got good intentions. (laughs) Whereas this one is just, I know a play by Shakespeare and (laughs) another one, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Now, I don't know enough about Hamlet to know if that's important what he's talking about there well i think it's the line to have bad dreams is why they've okay that. fine that's enough but i mean hamlet is disturbed by his night thoughts but there's, yeah, the, it's, the it's, lion king is probably a closer adaptation yeah? yeah 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 okay so i really like the whispered julius caesar like it's really that for me is where they do the nightmare thing the very best yeah. in the whole film is yeah. where it's a completely normal lesson and then something's wrong and then he's looking directly at her saying the lines and then he slowed it right down it's it that's that's how my nightmares go they will be reality just off yeah it's just slightly wrong isn't it yeah and again it's just again it's every time someone goes to sleep in this film where we follow them in there's no like wobbly lines no no but you you, you can tell just because everything's a bit off in the same way that like when we go in the corridor and there's somebody who's somebody else is very nicely done. Yes, very nice. I mean, I will say like she's distracted by a body bag oh, yes. behind her, which is the actress in a body bag who wasn't too happy about it at all. <laughs> it's it's amazing, actually. It's Again, it's one of my favourite uh, effects in the film where her legs are lifted and then she's carried, she's dragged along the floor with so blood good. behind her. Do you know her. how they did that? I wasn't able to find I that. I don't, but it will about. be, it looks like... Um, They've just edited out the person. It's nineteen eighty four though, how'd they do that? Oh, actually she can put her legs up and they'll drag her on a trolley. Right. Yeah, of course. And take the sound out, of course, because yeah. she's got a bag under her. There yeah, you go. There we go. <laughs> Fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, regardless of how they do it. Yes, the body bag is terrifying. Work. Really actually quite frightening and it, it moves too weirdly. It is yeah, beautiful. Invisible hands drag this body away. Surprise appearance from Gothic Daisy dares you there. Um, <laughs> there's a reference. There's a for reference the, for, the for people. British people <laughs> who were watching a TV in 1994. <laughs> the didn't. Oh yeah. Didn't Robert England play a janitor in something that we watched? He did. Faculty. Yes, because he's meant to be a janitor in there. Well, I think we find out second film. Right. That he was the janitor, and that's how he got close to the kids. Yeah. So they put him as a janitor. Fair enough. In the faculty, I believe. Yeah, and then Freddy's here, because Daisy Dares You was in The Colours of Fred. Freddy's here, and he's chock full of worms and the colour yellow. Oh, yeah, he slices himself open just for yucks. (laughs) And smiles about it. Yes, yeah. She's all screaming, she wakes herself up by screaming loudly in class, and then gets out of there. Yeah, she does, but she wakes herself up by b- burning her arm on the radiator. She does. Because we're back in Freddie Loves' his Industrial Spaces. Is it the same one, <laughs> same industrial space as the opening nightmare? Or just a I very similar so. one? I think so. I think so because he died in his basement, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, she's gone down into the school basement, say, all room full of pipes. Yes, steamy pipes. And yes, she's going to be sliced up with his knife glove. Yeah, so she burns purposefully burns herself on the radiator, which wakes herself up. She's smart thinking. Yeah. But it also because we when Tina gets 
killed. We are out of the dream. And, yes. You know, and it's fairly clear that it is Freddy doing that to her. But it's it's nice to see other characters making this connection that things happen in the dream, and they have potentially fatal, you know, real life medical consequences. So mm-hmm. when she goes, because after she has a screaming fit, you know, and then goes out. She's on the steps of the school and she notices the burn on her arm, which is in the wrong place because that's not where she touched the radio. Yes, it is. It's the other side of her hand, I think. She uses her arm and it, on the inside. But, you know. Really? I think so. No. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, it's between two pipes that she does it and she goes up. Okay, so, so she, it is on the right she'll bit. She'll have a yeah. couple of. Because I was impressed that the continuity mm-hmm. had put it on there before she saw it as a character. So it's on there. You kind of notice a red mark as she's flailing around and crying about leaving school. Sure, but she hasn't noticed it yet. Yes, yeah. so that's quite nice. Nice detail. Yeah. Fast forward to, for some unfathomable reason, her taking a bath. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, for, the, for, the, for the dads. No, dads shouldn't be looking at her. She's 13. <laughs> no, 15. 20. Um, she is 20 legally, but... yeah. From a film perspective, stop that. Gratuitous nudity moment anyway a couple of times here, so yeah. don't worry about the age thing for a but minute. I'll give them I'll give them their due. Like yes it is, but it's also a really effective, well executed little scene oh, that, yeah. that effect. It's amazing, actually. I will say there are some things that I absolutely love about the eighties, most of them being incredibly clickable buttons on everything. Like <laughs> that kind of kind of extra weighted button action on everything that was made like for some reason everything had to be double in height and (laughs) clicky i don't mind the toys from that time i don't mind some of the patterns and colors but that inflatable bath pillow in the shape of a shell (laughs) makes me feel really sick there's some (laughs) sensory memory that maybe i chewed one at the wrong time but there's something about it that just makes turns my stomach i can smell it i can smell that weird inflatable plastic gross anyway (laughs) she doses off in the bath a couple of times and we talked earlier a little bit about sexual metaphors and freddy and whether he's a sex criminal or just uh, an ordinary child murderer yeah and his arm and glove come up out of the bathwater very much between her legs between her knees but you know and it's yeah it's she doesn't see it no but we do and, yeah, she's in the bath, she's naked, it, it is sexually suggestive and frightening yeah. and horrible. And that happens a couple of times before then the bath becomes an enormous, bottomless pit. After her mother said people fall asleep in the bath and drown all the time. Yeah. As yeah. well, just to really annoy her. Because yeah. she hates her mum being right, because she's got mother and father issues. <laughs> yeah. Well, her parents don't, you know. No, they're parents, terrible. Nobody's parents listen to them in this film, actually. They're either absent no. or, yeah. That's what I mean, it's yeah. one of those adventure ones, but, like... When things go wrong. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrifying bath drowning. So every time she's pulled under the water by Freddy, it cuts to the actress actually in deep, deep water, being uh, kind of thrashing about and clearly yeah. being held under by something that we can't see. And it's yeah. really amazingly done. Beautifully lit as well. I assume they're just in a little pool. But it's, it's, a, it's a black lined uh, pool to make it look... I mean, it's perfect. deep, but it's... To make it look deeper, they just so that it doesn't reflect light, so you can't yeah, tell how deep it is. Yeah, of course, that's really cool. And again, 
Cheap, cheap, cheap. <laughs> Mega cheap. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. I mean, it's making me want to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> As an antidote to this, she so she screams a bit. She screams for her mum, which I'm surprised at because with an anxious attachment like that, you wouldn't. The mum comes in. She says, lol, told you so. Yeah, it's weird that, that um, Nancy really plays it down when she's like awakened out. She's yes. Just like, oh, I just... But it's to get left alone. Yeah. Because if she'd been like, I'm clearly sick and this something's going sure, on. Sure, yeah, there was a man in the bath. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so instead of that, she takes, <laughs> stay awake, fast acting, don't fall asleep pills. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is cute. And she watches uh, Evil Dead on the telly. She does, yes, well spotted, yes. Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I have comments on that in a minute. Okay. But that's interesting. What yes. year is Evil Dead? Is it 74? A bit later than that, I think. More around 1980, but I will find out. 81. Right, well, yeah. I said around 1980, yeah. that wasn't bad. But that means a nice little bit of back and forth with... Where's Craven? John Craven. John Craven did news round. Yeah. Where's Craven and Sam Raimi? Because The Evil Dead is clearly influenced by some of Craven's yeah. 70s work. Yeah, of course. So it's nice to yeah, yeah. have that pinging back. Yes, young Johnny Depp and Nancy have a conversation on the bed where she's saying she grabs a little mirror. And she's starting to go a little bit grey. And she's like, ugh, I look 20 years old. Yeah. She is. Lol, lol, lol. It's cute, yeah. Is there such a thing as a small house in America? Or do <laughs> horror films only feature rich people problems? Well, the... the... <laughs> part of... I think part of this is yeah. that, like, Elm Street of the title is very ambiguous it's just sort of american suburbia isn't it there's very little that ties yes. it to any particular place or even really time well i feel like it's very point horror title it's very teen horror yeah of it it's like your street you know your <laughs> that road you know yeah you exactly know? Mm. and i think part of it is like supposed to be that but i think there's a very good reason why it's in like the suburbs in these like 50s built houses yeah which are sort of not frightening if you'd like or not historically yeah, they're like they're not yeah, yeah. not haunted houses it's not a plantation house no no it's, exactly it's a, yeah and yeah because that's the thing everybody goes to sleeps everybody dreams it's um an idea taken from invasion of the body snatchers i suppose actually right where when you fall asleep you're yeah you're gone uh, which is another one of those like small town america things yeah i feel like a lot of them are though it's meant to be the danger that it can get you too. I can't think of yeah. many horror, horror like trad horrors that are set in an actual cityscape because everyone sees what you're doing in a cityscape. Yeah, yeah. I it's mean, really hard to be a. Obviously, there are, but they come much later yeah, after this. Exactly, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Glenn, having been asked by Nancy to not fall asleep, immediately falls asleep. This will be a pattern, <laughs> and his eventual downfall. Spoilers. Weird nightmare vision. All of the weird nightmare visions that happen from then on start to look really mega 70s. And now that we know that he's... Wes Craven started 70s-based, yep. it's interesting how much they look like Italian horror. Oh, yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. But also copious amounts of blood everywhere. That's what I mean, I mean, yeah. not quite to this extent in in like some of the Jalo stuff, but 
Still. No, but it's definitely there, and it's yeah. very bright red blood, and it's very yeah. in places, particularly in the body bag stuff, where it just feels like she's walking around in a bag of blood. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. She spends a lot of time kind of whispering at Nancy, Nancy from a bag of blood. But yeah, it's really interesting, the different influences you can see coming in, but they really work in this context. It's like they were... They were not cheesy, but they were... They didn't fit with the time, but because of the high camp of Nightmare on Elm Street, they fit with everything. Because, yeah. of course, your dream brain would take in the stuff you saw in the past and digest it as just how someone bleeds. Sure. You know, so yeah. it makes sense in the dreams. Anyway. Yeah, and the Nightmare just don't make sense. No. But then that's... that's then in which case, and in which way... They are accurately nightmarish. Yeah. So instead of watching her sleep, like he's supposed to, Grant fell asleep and left Nancy with the nightmare. Yep. The nightmare in this case uh, involves Nancy trying to run away from Freddy. She's running uber slow. And then Marshmallow Fluff Staircase. Way! Um, it turns out it was Bisquick. Because it's the same colour as the carpet. And it goes sticky when it's wet. And they, they took out all of the stairs... All of the tops of the stairs that were wooden stairs initially took the tops off, filled them with oatmeal, and topped them off with biscuit because it was the same colour. And then <laughs> as she walks through it, she's just walking through, through. Yeah. a delicious mess. <laughs> mm. Do you know what biscuit is? It's like a like yeah, it's like a cake mix, isn't it? I would have thought that was my immediate thought, but Nesquik. Oh. Bisquick. I assume it's a quick way to make biscuits. That would, yeah, that would make sense. Bisquick. <laughs> Nesquick is a quick. Oh, way. it's pancake mix. Ah, that's complicated. Is that because they call pancakes biscuits? Do they? No, oh, they don't. They call them flapjacks. Do they? Yeah. In America, they, I suppose pancakes are the thing you have with syrup and stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Ah, anyway. When she's dressed as she is in this nightmare in her white pyjamas with floral detailing in, mm-hmm. she's very explicitly coded as good, is yes. young Nancy. Yes, in opposition to her slut friend who's been murdered. but In inverted commas. Yes, thank you. We have a real sense of Nancy's character by this point in the film. that She's really quite together and with it and sharp, mm. and um, especially in comparison to her mother. That she lives with. True. To end that scene with the dream, there is a kind of moment where we wonder if she has brought Freddy into reality. They actually actively have a pillow fight set in her actual bedroom with Glenn asleep next to her. They wrestle to the floor. It's all a bit overly sexual, not really a fan. And then she sort of wakes up panicked and then absolutely goes for Glenn calling him names, <laughs> saying, you literally had one job, I hate you. But it's quite nice. She's quite... I find her really believable when she uh, when she goes for him. It's really... Um, and he's too chill, because he has no idea what she's experiencing. He just thinks that she's this crazy girl that he's yeah. just started seeing. And also, because he was, like... If he'd been awake and he'd seen some of that, he might be a bit more... Yeah. But otherwise, he's just like, oh, I had a bad dream and you, were, you fell asleep for it. Exactly. So... I put, oh look, 
another bad horror mum, right? <laughs> much, much worse dad this time, though, I would suggest. Mm, they're about to go to Tina's funeral. It's interesting. I don't remember much about Tina's funeral. Mm. What have you, what have you Tina's funeral is a bit jumpy and a bit funny. It is sort of, it just kind of pops in. It feels late because mm-hmm. so much has happened. Yeah. That it feels very weird to be burying her now and have that closure, even though we've seen her alive again several times in nightmares. Yeah. It's, it's odd to put that in there and to have Nancy be absolutely fine. She's totally chill at this funeral. Totally fine. She thinks she sees Freddie, but mm. obviously... There's a lot going on for her. She's, you know, she's having a weird time. It's, it's, I don't know. It's an odd funeral. It just stuck with me that it's strange. I was going to say, Red and Green Fred's Freddy jumper mm-hmm. is a very good, subtle Christmas jumper for if you hate Christmas or you love horror oh, or both. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. You just rock up and people yeah. are like, oh, that's festive. You're like, yes. Yeah, Red and Green festive colors. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. That's a good idea. Yeah, there you go. I wonder why no one's done this really horrible child killer as a Christmas icon. No. Discount Gillian Anderson is a weird mum. What the hell are dreams anyway? I mean... Incredible body hocus pocus, says the guy at the sleep clinic. This film doesn't understand what dreams are or how they work, and that's fine. It reminds me of that one where... That film where... They were... Playing with bringing each other closer to death in order to see the afterlife or something flatliners yes flatliners ah, yeah where you're like this is science yeah 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 i've seen science what you got well so this scene is where they go to the sleep clinic to get wired up to, to all the um, yeah mum's gonna fix her yeah it's a good idea it's like the exorcist yeah. Big exorcist vibes. Definitely. Yep. Glamorous mother. Sort of wires up. Troublesome teen. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. But I liked it because it, it's the sort of thing that I think I would do in the circumstances. <laughs> like, I want to know what's going on when mm. I fall asleep. And you want to be... Cause she's tried the surveillance thing by getting Glenn to sit next to her, but he just fell asleep because that's what he does all the time. Yeah. So, you know, you do it properly, you do it scientifically, you do it rigorously, you get everything recorded, etc, etc, etc. It's nice. And, um, yeah, they said, what the hell are the dreams anyway? Incredible body hocus pocus. Says a man who's supposed to be like a a doctor who who understands sleep and dreams and stuff. Mm. And I understand that one of the things that inspired this was a condition called Sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome. Oh yes. Craven read about this that Southeast Asian men, I think men, I I don't know, possibly men and women, but would just would just die in their sleep and no one understood yeah. what was happening and that, you know no one could really. I mean, you can't cure dying in your sleep. But, you know, it's, no. a, it's now been pathologised and has a, a name and has medical taxonomy, but I don't know if anybody is any closer to, you know, actually figuring out. But this idea that no one knew what was happening or why these people were dying mm-hmm. is something that's stuck in his mind, which I can completely understand. And so, you know, I can see that it's a short leap from that to yeah. something is terrorising them 
in their sleep. So it's like, yeah, no, this film leans very heavily into the idea that like dreams are an unknown and what happens when we're asleep is a mystery. Yeah, fair enough. Which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I also enjoy that in this dream we stay on the weak side while she goes in. So we see yes. her thrashing about on the bed and it's really nice that she comes back with this hat because this establishes that mm. um, you can do that. But we don't see any of that adventure if you'd like. We are on the other side of the glass with the doctors and her mother going, oh, something's... Oh, yeah. this is weird. Oh, trying, this isn't supposed to happen. Trying to sedate her to keep her in the nightmare that could be killing her, which yeah. of course is what they do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> Bringing the hat back through is an amazing touch. It's nicely hidden. We get a good reveal. Yeah. I like that the next day she's just crazy enough to put talcum powder in her hair. So we know how crazy she is, right? So she's going grey with the stress of this thing and yeah. with not sleeping. She's helping herself to another disgusting bit of coffee. I don't know how, but every time she drinks anything in this film, she makes me want to throw up. <laughs> the mother is acting in a completely different film at all times. And it's not actually the same film at any time. Well, that's, that's my next question. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, sometimes it's kind of floating from room to room. But now that we know she's a secret alcoholic, yeah, that does make a bit more sense that she would be a bit floaty and a bit... Um, absent. Yeah. Yes, very absent and, and disconnected. I thought she's a secret booze hound, which is a booze hound is good, a yeah. Great phrase, but it's more that she's keeping vodka everywhere. I yeah. assume that's vodka. It looks like um, whichever bit of Bolly Stolly is vodka. I think that's Stolly Stolichnaya, and then Bollinger's champagne. It, it? is. You're dead right. <laughs> What's Bolly Stolly? Bolly Stolly's from Abfab. Right. Yes, they make it up on the fly, actually, but it's it's the <laughs> mixture. Turns out it's not a real thing. Stolly yeah. Bolly is yeah. Vodka and it's a cocktail made of vodka and champagne. And yeah, this scene. Why does Freddy Krueger have his name in his hat? Why not? Everyone has their name in their clothes. Oh, that's me told. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet he had a diamond machine. It's the eighties. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Krueger. Yeah. Print, print, Child print, print, killer. Print. Yeah. Exactly. That was what was what did him in. Gave him away. Yeah, yeah. Gave him away. Yeah. Dropped his hat. But yes. With I mean this. I think. I feel like this qualifies as a twist, doesn't it? It does. And spoilers, if you haven't seen it, pause here and go away. And then we'll come away. back and listen to the end of this when you've seen it. A filthy child murderer, says Mum. So uh, somewhere along the line, we've picked up on this being Freddy Krueger in more ways than just the name in the hat, because we didn't know that at this point. She tells the dad later. Yeah. But I do like, we've passed over them, but I do like the scenes of the kids discussing their dreams and their nightmares and was like we dreamt about the same guy yeah Yeah, it's nice it's all nice and we find out it's fred and mum has a confession to make mum did a murder yeah he killed at least 20 children which is interesting because how were there that many in that tiny community for him to go around killing i guess it's a big school that's quite packed not as packed as it would have been oh that's horrible thank you here's his knives yeah, she's just been keeping finger knives, finger in, knives in the basement. The boiler, is yeah. that the boiler? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Or yeah, some kind. Yeah, their home incinerator for all those mysterious pet deaths. Yeah, uh-huh. here's his murder knives. It's in our basement because there was a fire, and this is all fine now. Yeah, you know, I, like... I've just kept the evidence of a murder. Yeah, that me and some other parents did. And then I put night, sweet dreams. <laughs> I say she, she says a bunch of us parents got together, and, yes. and you know, because he got off. He was. It got off on a technicality because the cops hadn't done it they properly. They didn't sign the right the warrant. warrant. No. Yeah. So, so he, he went free. So they tracked him down to a 
shack or something where he was. Yeah, to the yeah. Some and they sort of and they and they burnt him to death. And she says a bunch of us parents did it. And um, you know, and he can't hurt you, darling, because mummy mummy killed him. <laughs> so so like, when was this? Like, how old? How long ago was this? And how old was Nancy when this happened? Oh, she would have been alive. Yeah, she would have been a a a, a small child, presumably. Yeah. Which means that this is like. This is a film about like the sins of the parents coming back Absolutely. on the children. If you tolerate this, you know, like yes, Freddy's a a, a monster, like a you know, a literal monster and a figurative mm-hmm. monster. But like, there is something monstrous and something horrible about this pact, if you'd like, that, that presumably the town's parents have made mm-hmm. that they killed a man in cold blood, a horrible man, but that they burned a man to death. Mm. To protect their young, which has now, you know, sort of karmically come back on them. Yeah. Because he only attacks teenagers, Freddie. None of the adults appear to be the least bit no. bothered by bad dreams. No, that's true. Although most of the adults we know are either overworked or drinking through it, so... Yeah, yeah. But the parents are a group of people who have done a terrible thing together. Yes. So here's here's Johnny Depp, it's Ben, (laughs) in a terrible crop top. So I say bring back these terrible crop tops on men because I want to see me some crab ladders on everybody. What is a crab ladder? What's a crab ladder? Yeah. It's a little hairy ladder to get the crabs Ah. out. So they have a safe passage to your belly button. Important. You don't like it? That's gross, isn't it? Yeah. Disgusting. Crab ladder. Stairway to heaven. Yeah. You want more of that, do you? I mean, it doesn't... Like, Johnny Depp... He's great. Was a, he looks great. Like, he was a beautiful man younger. Yeah. And he's young here. And I think he got... I think I already got the part because Wes Craven's daughter thought he was dreamy. So oh, they were like, yeah, perfect. You know, yeah, fine. we'll kill him off a tree. Well, you know, okay, because, like, <laughs> he's thinking, well, this is the teenage audience they're going for, right? Yeah. You know, And he looks ridiculous in it. So I don't know how us mere mortals are supposed to carry off the crop top. You'd all look like pugs that <laughs> people had put in a jacket. <laughs> You know, they like found toddler clothes. Yeah, I feel like that's how a lot of sort of thirty odd year old men look in skinny jeans now, like little pugs that have been had them painted on. Oh, you know, yeah, it's sweet. Uh, he also has a cuddly vulture, which I enjoyed, but then I realised that might actually be a football reference. I don't get. Oh, all foreshadowing, given that they prey on the. They're <laughs> carrion bird. Yes, I guess. Yes, I quite like that. That I I wish they went into that length of detail. With that budget. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be the first time on this podcast that I'd overthought a thing. No, but and I'm not going to lie, like, the, the the stare effect was achieved on a budget of about $12. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it looks great. This film doesn't look cheap. Like, no. it did have a budget, but they did run into trouble, like, getting it in on budget, and they yeah. very nearly... It very nearly all went wrong. And you... But you wouldn't know. It doesn't look like a film that had money troubles. It doesn't look no, like a film where they cool. scrimped and saved and corner cut, and they did all of that. But much like Evil Dead, actually, we've talked about Evil Dead, yeah. Sam, Ra- Sam Raimi's... The first one, anyway, I realised that Evil Dead 2 is, in a lot of ways, a higher budget remake of Evil Dead 1. Yes, that's true. But Evil Dead 1 looks great because they did insane, crazy things. Yes. <laughs> but, the, you true. know, there was some real innovative problem solving there where you go, we, we need to do this, but we don't have the money for it. Mm-hmm. And knowing what they can do and what they can't, and it's just a, it's a, it's a cracking example of 
spending money wisely as well. Yes, absolutely. What I did wonder about Glenn mm-hmm. is, is he having Krugery dreams? Are yes. Really, because... I think he is. He joins in at the very, very beginning because it's him that mentions finger knives. Ah, right, yes, yeah, so he must have dreamt about it. So he's got something in there, but also he sleeps with headphones in and a TV on. Yes, So true. Like, that's a lot of distraction from yeah. a nightmare scenario. I don't think he's had an actual night's sleep in about four years yeah. at that point. <laughs> that's why he keeps falling asleep. Yeah, around. exactly. He's absolutely knackered. But I just wondered, like, would he be so fully asleepy all the time if every time he, fought, he shut his eyes a man with a knife glove came after him? No, but is he a virgin? I think they might both be. I wanted to talk about, mm. um, like, because we we talked about briefly about morality. Yeah. In this, because I think there's a there's an element and an idea in which Tina seals her fate by sleeping with. Rob. I actually don't. I actually don't think that that's the case because there's no, there would be then no reason for him to go after Nancy. She didn't shag about. She didn't sleep with anybody. She didn't sleep with him. She hasn't had a sexual moment in the entire film. No, but I did wonder if it is revenge on her mother. I suppose, but then there's no reason to kill... But we don't get any of that with Tina. There's no consistent pattern here. No, no, I don't mean... Like, yeah, you're right, it's not explicitly so. No, and then to also kill Glenn makes no sense. Glenn does because he doesn't do what he's told. Yeah, but um, that why would he wouldn't care? Freddie wouldn't care about that. No, I don't mean I don't mean in terms of like Freddie's motivation is. Yeah, but we're looking. No, no. If we're looking at Freddie's motivation, mm-hmm. so far, he kills somebody for having sex. Somebody f- whose mother had sex, made a baby, and then got defensive about the baby and killed a man. And <laughs> a boy that falls asleep, yeah. <laughs> and also a boy that was framed for the death of for the teenager that he had sex with. Yeah. There's no there's no distinguishable pattern other than are all of their parents in on it and we're missing a little bit of backstory where all their parents are friends as well. They were all in on the murder. It's certainly plausible. I mean, they live across, like Glenn's parents live across exactly, the street. Exactly, yeah. And her and Glenn are about the same age, so this yes. would have been happening presumably when they were young because she has Glenn's a bunch of new. us parents. But Glenn's new to the area, isn't he? Because the parents like, don't like her hanging around with him. Oh yeah, whereas mm-hmm. they wouldn't say that if they'd grown up. If together. they'd grown up together, yeah. No. I suppose she is like acting a bit kind of strange, She's a but bit still. Wackadoo. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I don't mean like Freddie explicitly hunts people who are bad. I just mean like in horror movie logic kind of thing. Yeah, but then why would he be killing the good girl? She hasn't done anything. Well, he doesn't kill the good girl because she's good. True. <laughs> I don't know. You're right. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make sense, but no. I think I think it's I think there's an element of it of it there. Mm. And yeah, and but then what I couldn't square that with was like, why does uh, Glenn have to die? And the answer I came up with is because he can't follow instructions. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, the other the alternative, I guess, is it could be to get to Nancy. Yeah. That he has to die. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, she and he does. Freddie does like taunt her over the phone by yeah. saying, "I'm your boyfriend now," and then licking her mouth with the phone. Yeah, <laughs> of course, duh. Freddie has like weird powers that he develops and throws away at various times because he's not a. No, he's a nightmare. He's a nightmare, exactly. Yeah, they don't make sense. Like, <laughs> no. I get that. Well, maybe then we should stop making sense of why he's killing people. Yeah. Good, gratuitous, barely legal nudity. Yes, that's more naked, Nancy. Oh yeah, she gets changed. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's. 
It's certainly better than it could have been. Absolutely. No, no, they don't go too wild. It's not too gratuitous. It's just no. enough to make a teenage boy think about watching that bit again and then breaking the cassette. Yeah. 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 Fred and Wilma in real life watching the neighbours there. A bit of a oh, yeah. Mr Dursley situation with that terrible dad. There's airing cupboard vodka from the mum while poor mm-hmm. Nancy's trying to escape from her weirdly yeah. barred house. Yeah, because she's put bars on all the windows. And then gone for a, 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 another drink. Yeah, just a little, just a little drink. Another horror film ruined by the invention of mobile phones. Yeah. Um, I do always like the trope of the mo- of the unplugged phone ringing because it makes it freaks me out. Yeah, it's 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 frightening. It's yeah. creepy. It's weird. It's and there's there's a there's a fair few of those little things that are yeah. just almost throwaways, but are all things like nightmarey things and frightening things yeah. and things that will get you. And then while she's being tongued by the phone, we have yeah. poor young Glenn being swallowed by a bed and drowning in it, and essentially just a blood. Geezer. Yeah, it's very. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. Was it fifty gallons? More than five hundred or something. Yeah, I mean, it was a stupid amount of blood. Yeah, I mean, it's much more blood than is in a human. But of course, it doesn't. Again, this is not. It's not like it's a realistic film. Mm, And the mother as well that comes in and just screams, and we stay on her screaming for quite a long time. Yeah, just watching blood pump out of her bed. Yeah, yeah, and there's. of it so much of it made me think of the shining of course yes of course and i also really like the detail because the nancy's dad gets called in again as the copper and they're saying that jesus like what does the coroner make of it and it's like he's been puking since he he looked he opened the door looked at the thing and has been in the toilet puking his guts up ever since um also they brought a stretcher out and my note is what's a stretcher gonna do but then they beat me to it and said it as well oh yeah (laughs) where they're like don't need a stretcher you need a bucket yeah like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. A remark, there's a, rather. There's a fair amount of, like, the structure of Scream borrows from. I mean, yes. you know, of course. I mean, it's the same guy, and this oh, yeah, is the kind yeah. of thing he's. I know it's sort of almost more explicitly sort of the more of the slasher thing, but again, as I said, as we said, Freddie has a foot in both camps. Yeah. And there's a fair amount that was that is just played for broader laughs in Scream. I think Scream is more overtly comedic it's definitely a comedy although as you say it's well um, it's a satire we'll put it that way it's a satire it it does have frightening you know there there is yeah there is intent to frighten in scream as (laughs) well yes definitely you know especially if you compare it to something like scary movie right which is it's weird to do like a satire on a thing that's already satirizing a thing but as i say there's makes sense there's real yeah whereas this is a lot blacker in in the humor but things like that things like the bucket comment yeah. and that like that is a a gag you know that is mm-hmm. funny and horrible yeah <laughs> yeah weird awkward dad wave and then yeah while she awkwardly dad waves mm-hmm. she had previously got a book out on oh like improvised munitions and booby traps yeah and she says i'm into you know i'm into <laughs> I'm into surviving. I'm into survival. She hasn't slept for like what five days yeah. at this point. I think she says on the phone. I'm yeah. into survival. Um, and somehow, and I, I just put here like, did she and how did she saw a hole into a light bulb? That feels like a skill we all need. Yeah. It's it's really impressive. And then I freaked out because there's whoa 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 in several words and capital letters saying, "Is that a talking Casio?" 
<laughs> does she have a talking Casio watch that does a countdown? Because oh, I yes. don't know if that existed. And if it did, I mean, why don't you own one? I don't know. I don't know if it did, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did. It's exactly that kind of like cool 80s gadget Isn't thing. Isn't it? Yeah. It feels like it's in Back to the Future. You have to know when to turn away is the mum's quote, which is nice. Right? So the mm-hmm. Glenn has already spoken about the mythical uh, Balinese dreaming technique yes. where they turn their back on the on the devil essentially they turn their back on the nightmare so that they it can't take their energy and then they wake up fine yeah he can't tell her what happens if you don't manage to do that but yeah because you know. those people don't wake up yeah yeah but then the mother's saying you have to know when to turn away she's talking about you have to know when to develop a drinking problem but it's quite nice <laughs> to uh have that moment in there from mum who's very sick in bed there's some great drunk acting from her here genuinely when, yeah. she's brilliant at that but yeah. she can't do it but now i'm thinking when you look back at the rest of her weirdness is that because she's always slightly tipsy i wonder if she's just half cut through the whole thing yeah film. yeah mm. um anyway she's locked them both in the house yeah locked locked. yeah locked in the house yeah. and uh no i don't have the key you can check you know uh-huh. but obviously not the best place to be locked in <laughs> and then i put go on give me your note and i'll give you mine this would be me sleeping in shoes and next to a machete by the way right you know yeah yeah what yeah well she but she's well two notes here nancy is level-headed strong determined and all sorts of good things yeah like, she's got a plan yeah it's another good plan let down by useless men who don't listen to her yeah uh, and then i said nancy parenting her mother here her drunken bad mother who gives bad advice yes <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely with bells on it's really sad that she has a really tragic character i think the the daughter nancy mm-hmm. but she's um, she's, say she's on it she is they say like You've got that I'm into survival thing. And I'm not making claims for this as like a feminist film. Okay. But it's pretty feminist. In, in a some, weird way. In some ways, but I'm not you know, I'm not claiming it as a lost a yeah, lost yeah. classic. You know, it also has some gratuitous tit shots and it's about a guy from a dream who will cut you up with his head. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But she is like a hero, you know, she's properly yeah. properly admirable is yeah. what I'm getting at, I suppose, here. I mean, and, yeah, actually, it's not the best feminist image to have that alcoholic mum either. No, yeah. but there are, moments. you know, there are moments, and again, and, and she's a, there's, there's some nice character moments mm-hmm. from her, and as I say, you, you really end up, I, again, maybe it's just me, I really end up rooting for her mm-hmm. at the end, and because she, as I say, is consistently one step ahead of almost everybody else. She yep. thinks things through, she's brave. Yep. And so her victories and stuff feel earned because she's worked for them yeah okay fair enough the dumb policeman is quite a nice trope also comedy where he's <laughs> yeah. like oh maybe i should get someone yeah. when she's like freaking out <laughs> yeah, smashing um, but the windows she has and the idea that if she can bring his hat back maybe she can bring him back to this realm and kill him it's a good idea she tries to get glenn to do it obviously he died yeah <laughs> she she asks her dad to come in and clobber this guy like this is why the timer's going off on her yeah. Casio. Because come in, come and kill this guy at this exact time. And he's like, cool, sweetie, bye, I hate you. Not interested in anything you say, also your crackers. But she does manage to bring him through, in a way. Yeah. And his voice is horrible. It's really amazing. Mm. Um, it's kind of three voices playing at once, but it is horrible. He doesn't say very much. I understand, no. having not seen them, but I understand that in the sequels he's a bit more sort of chatty. 
Makes sense. And a bit more like Scary Terry actually talking about. Yep. You mentioned Community. Dan Harmon, obviously, a fan of this film. Because, Definitely. Uh, With bells on. <laughs> Which will be why there's a scary pipe room. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Room. yes. It's the same. But, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the same well. And yeah, Scary Terry is very <laughs> chatty. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, yeah. But Fred here, at least, is much more of the sort of slasher, si- more, he's not silent, but he's taciturn. Yes. He chases her around a bit. He says he's going to rip her in half or something equally horrible. Yep. She just sets him on fire in yeah. the end. She tries a f- couple of ways of getting him yeah. um, with her ridiculous booby traps that she's yeah. set up Home Alone style that's kind of Home Alone gone wrong. <laughs> it does affect him, so he is mortal at this moment, or pretending to be at Yeah, least. or in some... yeah. The, yes, there's a... There's he's corporeal. A, exactly. And then triggered, given how he died, she sets him on fire, yeah. so he starts saying no a lot, and it's quite traumatic. But the pyrotechnics are really amazing. There's a lot of... Expensive uh, uh, fire. Somebody on fire. Yeah. No, the camera is on, and they're quite long takes yeah. of a guy running around on fire. It looks it looks great. I love the flaming footsteps. I they're feel like they're great. great. Yeah. yeah. And finally, Dad comes in. Yeah. He comes in just in time to see Freddy on fire, hugging his ex-wife and then melting her into the bed. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> so obviously he wanted to kill her all along, so maybe your vengeance thing is right. Well, yeah, as I said, it feels like a certain poetic justice to it. Yeah, that, I guess. That he comes for Nancy's mother yeah. in, well covered in flames. Yeah. You know, up from the basement. That feels not right, but it feels like it feels like a, almost like a character out for Freddie. It's weird because, as I say, he doesn't say very much. He has about ten minutes of screen time. Yeah. But it's a great performance, and I think it's Robert England who's oh yeah, you know, um, who's doing that and who really took not much of a role yeah and made a real thing out of it. I think so. Um, I've asked how how is she okay. As in Nancy, how is she okay in inverted commas? You know, she's yeah. asked and she's like, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, like, well, I think the answer is in her final confrontation with Freddie that's yes, coming up here, right? Yes. Because she's, and again, I don't, you know, I don't know how she finds the strength no. given so that she hasn't slept for days and her mother has just been yeah. killed, presumably, yeah, yeah. or whatever, you know, or, or worse. Yeah. But as I said, she's strong, resourceful, all these admirable things. And she has, through her travails, she has won Mm -hmm. a realisation. You know, she has gained this through graft and pain and hard work. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) She turns her back, a bit like Queen Mab from Merlin of the Channel 4 version. Turn your back, bye. Yeah. Okay, go. Yeah, not afraid of you anymore. And then we cut. Well, he's, he's finished freaking out. And then we cut. And mum's alive. Yeah. Sun shining aggressively brightly. Mum has the killer quote. They say you've really bottomed out when you can't remember the night before, which is troubling. (laughs) She says it really casually and Mm -hmm. really like upbeat. And then, you know, Nancy's there. All her friends who are all dead pull up in the car and she's like, oh, hey, guys, Uh. it worked, you know. How are you doing? And it's all shot like through like a Vaseline lens as well, you know, and it's far too bright. Yeah, and the mum says, like, um, it has to burn through. 
yeah. it can't stay this bright it has to burn through which i found really horrible right. there was something about it i wonder if it's because we'd just seen a lot of fire and it's like maybe the whole house yeah. is on fire it is unsettling isn't it yeah. yeah yeah the creepy waving all of that business then the roof comes over and on it's the convertible on the convertible car. car and it's freddie's jumper yeah and no one's really that bothered. They're just like, oh, what's going on? And then the car, I think, starts pumping petrol into it, as in it's pumping gas in, isn't it, to kill them all? Like that, yeah. And all the, all the windows go up, and then it starts to fill with something. Exactly. Yeah. And then creepy waving mum is pulled through the window. That's a great shot. It's although, amazing. Although it's very I, much a dummy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but it's great. But it's great. Uh, although I, I hate it. I hate this bit. I wish, I wish they, I wish they hadn't done that. I feel like it undercuts really? all of the yeah. I feel like it undercuts the resolution which you've just had. Oh, okay. And I feel like they put this bit on... I just assumed they were doing a carry, To get know? a suit. Yeah, exactly. Like the hand... Spoilers, everyone. Well, whatever. <laughs> but the hand... Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, just, I just feel like it undermines the ending. Fair um, And I understand that they shot a few different mm, bits. That makes sense. Including ending it where I think they should have done, where, you know, he sort of... 80s quantal video effects into nothing because she's figured out the secret of giving him nothing. Weirdly, they, they, they did shoot an ending that finished there, and then there was another bit where they had a couple of ideas for what was coming up here. But I think they wanted to set up something a bit more ambiguous. Oh yes, <laughs> there was this ending. Mm-hmm. There was the one where I think they should have stopped it, and then there was another one where, which was less ambiguous than this, where Freddie like is not defeated and kills him at the end like ahaha whereas I think they went for the middle ground which is like yeah. something weird is going on but this could just be a bad dream you know what I mean I guess I mean I I feel like it's this ending that keeps it in the point horror bracket rather than makes it a satisfying adult film Yeah, I think this is keeping it nice and teen nice and <laughs> fantasy nice and unrealistic and just brings it back I just put bye mum <laughs> oh but I, I did think that the children who are doing the nursery oh, rhyme, yeah. the kind of skipping rhyme. They're obviously victims, right? They're all dressed in white sure, they're the and kids glowing. The kids that the corporeal Fred Krueger murdered, right, was my assumption. Yeah, but I think they're also there at the beginning. So has right. everyone been asleep the whole time? Yeah, maybe the whole thing's a, a Which nightmare. Which I quite like. Yeah. You know, as a callback. I don't mind that in the ending at all. Fair enough. Anything no, I mean, it was, it was extremely successful, so what do I know? <laughs> Very briefly, at the end, I, I understand that, as I said, there was money troubles and they mm. had to had to squeeze the last little bit out of the budget just to get the prints released from the lab mm-hmm. to get it on wow. release. It made, it made so much money, it saved the studio. Way. It's produced, what, like half a dozen sequels, yep. maybe more. I understand they're probably still making them. <laughs> and there's not as much critical commentary on this film as I thought there would be. Mm. You know, I've been able to find books about a great many films that we've covered. Yep. Even some that you might think that there wouldn't be, and I thought this was going to be nailed on. Um, Yeah, it should be. And, you know, there is a biography of Wes Craven, and there there is a book about, weirdly, about Freddy vs. Jason that goes into some of that. I had a little look on, you know, Google Books where you can read little bits, and it's like, no, I'm not buying and reading a book about Freddy versus Jason to give me some detail right. about this film. And Robert England has written an autobiography, the title of which I really enjoyed, which was 
Hollywood monster, a walk down Elm Street with the man of your dreams. Yes, it's beautiful. That's wonderful, isn't it? But again, I haven't read that. I, you know, everyone says he's a nice man and got his yeah. work. He's worked with everyone, and he's so good here. Yes, <laughs> such a good thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's no accident that when you say to people Nightmare on Elm Street, what they think of is Freddy Krueger, who's a very small part of this film. Yeah, but obviously goes on to become. Well, an icon, right? Yeah. But there's nothing, you know. There's, there were plenty of other films that didn't, you know. Not it's rare the film that spawns a successful franchise for over yes. thirty plus years. Yeah. So there was obviously something. I mean, I say, part of it feels obvious, you know, when you watch it because it because it's very hard to watch it without knowing. It's very hard to watch it and be like, "Oh, a Nightmare on Elm Street. What is that?" <laughs> that sounds interesting, and to me, I say I found it very frightening the first time we watched it, and I found it quite frightening the second time we watched it. Although taking notes helped, yep. and also if there are any other scary cats listening, like me, who are twenty or over, remember that Freddy only attacks children, so you'll be fine. <laughs> That's the helpful thing. Obviously, if you're a if listener you have children, and you're fourteen, <laughs> don't worry about it. If you have children, don't just think about it. Treat them better than the parents. A lot of it, I feel, is you know, it's the 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 reason that all this happens is because of the terrible thing that the parents did. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't be dead, but then he'd probably be alive and killing them. Well, so. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Win some, you lose some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's about it. Do you want to tell the people what your next film is here? This is a good opportunity, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Next, we are covering a tale of two sisters. Which is a Korean horror film. I'm just going to get to the details of it. Fright. Afraid. Yeah, Tell Your Sisters, a Korean film from 2003, directed by Kim Ji-woon, which I saw... It must have been a couple of years around about then. I didn't see it in the cinema. I saw it afterwards, so it must have been a couple of years later. But is one... Because That Run Elm Street is one that really frightened me, I thought I'd pick one that really frightened Amelia. I think that's only fair, isn't it? Me. Yes. You were quite disturbed by this one. Given my... You know, I'm, I'm going to put myself out there as a, as a slight horror aficionado, or at the very least, a big fan, who is not easily frightened. Something about this film really did me in. Something about it was too much like watching... A real event and a believable event and because it has a lot of elements to it that make you question one you know anything that makes you question your sanity and I've been there you know like it's it's too much yeah fair enough where's it available it is on it's rentable on prime if you are that way inclined you can also Rented on YouTube. I always find that weird that you can buy it films is on YouTube. Weird, but go on. And and I also think I know Arrow Video have been working on a like shiny new physical media edition. Is it out? Yes, it is also available on a shiny new Blu-ray. Wow! From Arrow, if if you're physical media inclined, shall fair we enough. say? Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, and I really recommend it. It's a psychological horror film. Absolutely, yeah. Quite gory, gory, spooky, 
Where's it from, did you say? South Korea. It yes. was remade for an American audience, like so many of them were in Why? 2009. Yeah. Uh, which I haven't seen and got sort of fair to middling reviews. No, so thanks. don't worry about that. In the same way that... Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was remade about 10 years ago that I'd Again, sort of completely forgotten why? about. No, no point. <laughs> no. Right. So join us for that. Thank you so much for listening. There will be a micro episode in between. We will give you the theme of that soon and go with it. <laughs> yep. uh, if you want to send us an email about anything that we've covered in the podcast, the address is hauntedpicturepalace at gmail.com if you want to talk to us on Instagram I know we had a wonderful message this week from a long time fan of the show uh, who's a fellow scaredy cat with you Ben Yes. and that was wonderful if you have any messages like that we will lap them up and that's at haunted underscore picture underscore palace on Instagram and if you want to tweet at us which nobody's done yet but feel free then that is hpppod uh, on, on the, the tweets. Twitter. It is indeed. Mm, have a wonderful week. Don't have nightmares. Oh, that's particularly an apt sign off this week, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> well, don't. Bye, everyone. Bye. bye. Really I strange. love mass hysteria things. My favourite one's the, the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Are you familiar with this? No, that's amazing. Though. I mean, this is a bit of a... I'll keep it brief. That's Googleable. But basically, in the town of Mattoon, somewhere in the States, uh-huh. everyone became obsessed with the idea that there was somebody going around, like, gassing people. It was this, like, wow. sort of hooded figure who was, yeah, squirting gas into people's homes. No evidence that there was anybody doing it and it seems extremely unlikely doesn't That's it interesting. That anybody would but th- this idea went round the town that uh, and people people would see him and but then of course he would just you know he would just sort of melt into the into the fog kind of thing interesting. and um yeah it's down as, as just a mass hysteria where the town went sort of collectively mad um That's really interesting isn't, isn't it, it? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I often think of that with the Halloween candy. Oh, yeah. Razor blades in it, getting the police to check it, wasting police time. Yeah. Checking all your candy. And now, obviously, since then, people have been like, oh, good idea. But there (laughs) wasn't actually... Candyman. Yeah, of course, but there wasn't actually a case of it. No, no, but it's a a story, isn't it? It's an urban legend. Yeah, do you think a dentist started it? (laughs) To get people to stop eating sweets. Yeah. Yeah, it's plausible. I mean... Mind you, they won't work, so an probably... An evil dentist, but yeah. Well, or maybe a, maybe a, a good, civic-minded dentist. True. Who preferred children's healthy enamel over the work. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I feel like we've... Recording late at night, everybody. Yes. Recording late at night. Um, oh, that blooming bath pillow. <laughs>